Give us today our daily bread. Hello, Malcolm here. This is the third in the series called This Then Is How You Should Pray for the Thames Valley Churches of Christ, August, September 2020. We've been looking at the Lord's Prayer and we're now at that part of the prayer about our daily bread. Previous classes have focused on our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, and then your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Longer phrases than today's. Just simply, give us today our daily bread. That's verse 11 of Matthew chapter 6. Well, I hope we're going to learn a lot from this. It may not sound like much, but there's a great deal contained, a great deal of depth and profundity contained in this short phrase. And you're going to be hearing from me, and you're going to be hearing today from two other people, Ben Dannett and Anna Oliver, but their videos will come a little bit later. Now, just a reminder that this is set in the context, the teaching of Jesus here about the Lord's Prayer, of other things he teaches about prayer, and you do, you do well to read through Matthew 5, 6, and 7 for the context of the Sermon on the Mount. And in particular, verse 8 of chapter 6, do not be like them. For your Father knows what you need before you ask him. In other words, what Jesus is doing is he's not only teaching them the right way to pray, he's offering them a corrective as how not to pray. And so we're all learning together here how to pray better. Uh, there's no ultimate standard. It's not that we have to pray perfectly, but we can all pray better or experience prayer better and the blessings it, it brings. So this class is not just about how to pray certain words. It's actually not really about that at all. It's about the right perspective to have. Notice, Jesus does not say, these are the words you should say. He says, this is how you should pray. We're now halfway through the prayer. As one of the commentaries that I've read says about this, the three clauses of prayer for God's glory are now balanced by three petitions for the disciples' needs. So we're moving on from our Father and hallowed be his name, your kingdom come, your will be done to, okay, now, what about me? And indeed, what about us? So let's talk about that today. First, give. Isn't it interesting that Jesus says it's perfectly fine for us, in fact, he instructs us to ask God to give us things. I mean, who are we to ask God to give us anything? And yet Jesus says, no, ask him, give us today our daily bread. In other words, we're looking for God for looking to God for provision, but without anxiety. Matthew 6, verse 25. I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? God knows what we need, but still we ask. Because what well, because it's a relationship trusting that he wants to give and that he delights to give. What would be the point in asking God for things if he's never interested in giving them to us? Jesus would only instruct us to ask God to give us things knowing that God wants to give us things. So when we come to God with our needs, we come to a God who wishes, who wants, who desires to meet our needs. So that give word is not a demanding give like, come on, God, give me something. It's God, I know you want to help me. I'm asking for what I believe you want me to receive. So we're asking with a relaxed perspective, a relaxed posture of spirit, not with an anxiety of, of spirit. So that's give. Secondly, 
us. Give us today our daily bread, us and our. In other words, there is a community aspect to this. It's not just about you and me, it's about other people. So when I'm praying for my daily bread, I'm also requesting God's daily bread for the people around me, the people I know, the people I love, the people who need it, right? It's us and ours. There's a social dimension here. Uh, Martin Luther uh, saw a, uh, this, it's in this way as well. Uh, for everybody to get daily bread, he said there must be a thriving economy, good employment, and a just society. So from his perspective, to pray this prayer meant to pray against wanton exploitation in business, trade, and labor, which he said crushes the poor and deprives them of their daily bread. Luther went on to say that those who are involved in injustice and depriving people of their daily bread will find that the church is praying against them. I don't know if that's the right idea or not exactly, but the idea that we are praying for justice for those who cannot find their daily bread is part of what we're praying about here. So give us our, not just you, not just for you personally, but us as a community and all those who need their daily bread. There's a justice dimension to this prayer. Thirdly, daily. The word here for daily in the Greek can mean today or tomorrow, in fact, the coming day or the day at hand. Perhaps there's an eschatological hint here, in other words, about the the coming of Christ, because the bread of life is here when Jesus is saying this, isn't, isn't it? As he says in John 6, verse 35, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. So Jesus is here, the bread has come, and when we pray for the daily bread, we're in a sense praying for the bread of life to be with us, and he is coming again as well. Perhaps there's also a reminder of the way that God provided the manna in the wilderness, in the book of Exodus. They were told to collect just enough for that day. If they collected too much, it went all moldy. In other words, there was a challenge to them to trust what God was providing. And that's part of our prayer for our daily bread, the prayer for today, for today's survival. I suspect that's what it's about when I pray this prayer regularly. I just ask God for what I need for today. Let me not worry about tomorrow. It's just today. And I expand when I pray about this um, on not just about physical food, but I expand on the idea of give me enough energy for today, Father. Give me enough wisdom for today. Give me enough insight and discernment for today. Give me enough humility for today. Give me enough peace for today. Whatever I sense I might need for the day, and I, I use this part of this prayer to think through the day ahead and what I might need and ask him for that. So give me just what I need for today. In other words, what I need, not necessarily what I want. Contentment. Contentment is what it's all about here. And fourthly, bread. The bread, yes. I don't know how much you like bread. I rather like it. Uh, let me show you part of a loaf here, which I shall be taking part of this for my lunch today with my homemade hummus I've made. So I'm looking forward to that. Bread, the bread that we need. What's he talking about here? Again, I suspect this is a point about necessities rather than luxuries. Bread is one of those things that seem to be right, rather just basic, aren't they? 
Again, a point about contentment. In Proverbs chapter 30, verse 8 and 9, it says this, Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, Who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonour the name of my God. Not too much, not too little. This prayer is for our needs, not for our greeds. Give us today our daily bread. Give, we can ask God. Give us, not only you and I, but us as a church and people in this world that need it. Our daily bread, just today's bread. Let me not worry about tomorrow. And the basics, just some bread. I'll be content. And that's a prayer. It's a prayer I have to pray meaningfully, like asking God to help me to be content. Just praying the prayer doesn't make me content. It's reflecting upon the fact that God will give me what I need. I can trust him for what I need today. So it's a prayer of request that he help me with contentment, because with contentment comes peace. Now let's hear what Ben has to say about this topic. I just wanted to share a bit about why uh, verse 11 of Matthew 6 uh, in the Lord's Prayer means a lot to me. It says, uh, give us today our daily bread. And I think it means a lot to me for three three reasons. Um, I kind of think about give us our daily bread and how uh, in so many ways we're so insignificant as people, we're so small. And the fact that Jesus says we can ask God for something as small as one person's food for a day just just for one day we can ask God for something as small as that I find amazing and I, I'm reminded of stories in the Bible about uh, maybe Elijah um, being fed by ravens and uh, how you know he was he gets fed by ravens and you know God brings these ravens down and gives him food uh, for his daily bread and um, I find that really inspiring that God cares about me from that angle and it gives me confidence to sort of ask for small things in my life you know things like even just having a a day at work where things are things don't go terribly badly or a day that I enjoy because I know God wants me to uh you know be fulfilled in my life that's what he wants and so and I, I can ask for that with confidence so that's one reason why I really love this verse of give us our daily bread I, I think as well um I identify a lot with some people who don't um, have their daily bread, don't get their daily bread. Their daily bread isn't a given. I think uh, I have close ties with the church in Nepal and in the third world, d- you know, daily bread is not a given. We can just go to the co-op or we can just go to Tesco's and pick up a loaf of bread and we don't even think about it. But in Nepal, um, you know, the, the brothers and sisters there don't have that. And, uh, you know, so when I'm thinking about that line of the Lord's Prayer, when I pray it, I'll often say, God, you know, I really pray for my brothers and sisters in Nepal, please help them to be able to get the necessities for their life. Shelter, bread, food, water. Because um, I think it's something that, you know, we, we should really, as Christians, we, we the, the Lord's Prayer is about give us our daily bread. So we're praying for each other and we're praying for the church as a whole. And especially for me, you know, praying for those in, in uh, the third world means a lot to me. And finally, uh, give us our daily bread means give us your word, God. Uh, you know, Matthew 4, 4 says, uh, it talks about how man does not live 
on uh, bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And I think, you know, that that encourages me to pray and say, God, please give me what I need spiritually today to, to thrive, what I need spiritually today to um, to really get the get the most out of my life spiritually. And so they're the three things. And, uh, you know, the idea of yeah, all of those three things, which I've just mentioned. Anyway, I hope that's helpful. Thank you. Now let's hear what Anna has to share on this verse. Daily bread. What a very difficult thing to relate to. Jesus' simplicity is a real challenge here for me. Even on a physical level, it's difficult to relate to this. When I do my Sainsbury shop online, I wonder, shall I order cod or salmon? Or pink lady apples or granny smith? You know, over lockdown, I've had a really good time to reflect on the difference between having my needs met or my wants and my desires met. I've been uh, deeply moved by uh, some podcasts on the Old Testament that I've been studying and particularly reflected on the Israelites. Uh, In Exodus 16, we're all familiar with the passage of the Israelites craving for pots of meat that they had in Egypt. There's a reference um, in this podcast I was listening to. uh, He referenced Psalm 78 and how it talks about the Israelites expecting God to to give them what they craved and expected how uh, expected God to spread a banquet in the desert for them. You know, um, I had to really search myself and ask myself, how am I like the Israelites and how have I been? And many of you know that uh, as a family, we moved to Austin, Texas and lived there for two and a half years and we returned just over a year ago and it's been wonderful being back and the first year was just you know settling back in and and uh, then lockdown came and I really believe God gave this period to me uh, in a very special way he gave it to me as a time of reflection Uh, I was able to think back uh, on my time in Austin And it was just incredible to see how much of, you know, how much of this prayer, give us today our daily bread, how much of this God really wanted to instill in my heart and how resistant I was. You know, we had a fantastic time there. It was uh, an incredible opportunity. Marlon was able to further his career our children were able to uh, be in an international school. Um, you know, we were able to experience outdoor living, swimming, probably daily in our swimming pool. It was sunny. It was hot. Uh, we were part of a wonderful church. Um, there were many really, really great um great moments that we were able to experience being in Austin. 
And yet, I wanted to be back home. I wanted to be here in England. I didn't want to be there. And, um, you know, I felt really challenged. Um, I, I didn't... Uh, I didn't pray for my daily bread. I kept praying for what I wanted. And um, I became quite obsessive about the fact that I didn't have what I wanted. You know, anything from not having an M&S on the nearest corner to having my cappuccino made exactly the way I wanted it. Um, it all started depressing me uh, quite a lot. And... Um, I, I started looking at everything through this lens of this is not what I want. Uh, this is not what I want for my life. This is not what I want for my children's lives. And um, that depression and frustration led me to a very dark place. I started uh, developing severe anxiety to the point where I would have two to three panic attacks a day. Uh, it was very debilitating. I had, at one point, mums from school picking up my children to take them to school and back. I, I couldn't drive. I was paralysed uh, by my fear. I suffered an insomnia. I couldn't sleep. Um, I was in a really bad place. And, um, you know, looking back at that, uh, certainly... Uh, you know, over the past year and, and even over the past few months, I have had times when I would still feel anxious and I have times when I still have to battle, um, you know, my panic. And and yet I, I see a, a, a complete uh, turnaround in especially my prayer life and my relationship with God in the sense where God's really showing me that there's a peace that comes from simplicity. Uh, there's a peace that comes from focusing on his provision and truly trusting his provision. You know, God wanted me to see that when I was there, but I didn't want any of it, which led to a huge amount of anxiety. And unfortunately, as many of us might have experienced, once we start becoming anxious about our lives and when things spin out of control and things aren't the way that we want it to be, then we spiral down. We, we, we can't get ourselves back up very often, which is where I found myself. God wants to provide for us. And now it's, it's, such, a, it's such a blessing for me to really meditate on God's simplicity Jesus's provision and the fact that very often he puts us right in those situations where we cannot get what we want. You know, often we want to then find a new way so that we can get what we want, which leads us to an anxious place. 
as part of my study of Exodus 16, just to close off, it was wonderful to see that at the end of the chapter, it talks about how the Israelites went out to gather and those who gathered much, some gathered much and some gathered little. But when they got home, they realized that those who had gathered much did not have too much. And those who gathered little did not have too little. You know, God really knows what we need. And that is enough. Our daily bread. Wrapping up, let's remember that God is the source of everything that we need. Yes, we work hard, we provide the best we can, we go out and and work and earn money and and buy things, but in the end it all comes from God. James chapter 1 verse 17. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Every good and perfect gift is from above. I think bread's good. I think in a sense it's perfect. It does what it's meant to do. And it's from above. It's all from above. God doesn't owe you and I anything, but he is generous. And our security, our our confidence is not in what we can do for ourselves. It's in the fact that God gives us what we need. We need to beware of the temptation to entitlement, and to ingratitude. And perhaps this prayer is part of the way that God helps us, the way that Jesus was helping us to remain grateful, to pray every day for that day's bread and remember where it comes from and help us to be to live lives of gratitude. And a life of gratitude is a wonderful thing because it's a life of peace and joy. So a question. I don't know how you're going to use this, but let's say you're going to use it as a discussion for your family group then I think to simply ask each other or ask yourselves and discuss together what stands out to you from this verse, what stands out to you personally. How might your prayer life grow? Because this is about developing our relationship with God and our devotional life. So how might your prayer life grow because of what this verse teaches you about God, um, about yourself, and about prayer? Good things to be talking about. And what you might want to do between now and the next class, which will be on verse 12, is to pray this prayer every day. Maybe every maybe you'd like to pray the whole prayer every day, but at least pray this one phrase every day. Give us, give me, give us today our, my daily bread. Meditate on it, pray on it, and see what God reveals to you from it. The next class is the final class on verses actually 12 and 13. And so I'd really be grateful for two things. Firstly, if you've got some thoughts on it and you'd be happy to be videoed, video yourself, just a short clip to tell me about what you appreciate about verses 12 and 13 and what it means to you i'd love to receive that but please send it to me in the next few days because it needs we need time to edit things in and secondly if you've got any questions about verses 12 and 13 forgiving our debts of our own debts and forgiving the debts of others leading us not into temptation deliver us from the evil one if you've got any questions about any of that then please do let me know and i'll do my best to answer them and if i can't answer them i'll find somebody else who can I hope this class has been helpful. It's a wonderful prayer and we can be confident that God has our best interests at heart. And when we pray, he will provide us with our needs, our daily bread. 
Till the next time, take care and God bless.